1: Hello, Fantasy Managers, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round four of the restarted 2020 season. This episode is brought to you by Raul Ruiz Diaz, early frontrunner for the MLS Hold My Beer Trophy. Uh, oh, no, no, wait, wait. Uh, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters like Patrick, who's with us tonight. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Mr. Blaine Riffle, and fortunately, Michael, who is joining us. uh, He thought he might be um, delayed or prevented by a hurricane which has uh, petered out, so uh, excellent. Thank you for joining us, Mike, and we're glad you're safe for right now
0: you're you're welcome. I just I defeated the hurricane. I was like, look, it's it's coming at the same time as MLS supply. It's not okay. you gotta go forward. People been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for picks and I'm sure my picks specifically, especially after the first round of games in this week, everyone's like, I gotta have more of Michael's wisdom and lafc picks.
1: so <laughs> yeah you just walked outside and went because mls and it just and disappeared that's what it was uh but we'd also like to welcome again our very special guest patrick smith one of our top patreon supporters how is everyone doing tonight i'm good good we particularly wanted to have patrick on this episode because if you watched last week either live or listened to us during the podcast Patrick was in live chat with us as he is often and when we were talking about some of our potential midfielder picks he was like essentially he said don't sleep on Atlanta which he's a bit of a homer and that's okay and uh the comment I made was Patrick I I hope you you go for it and grab pity or somebody and just own it and then come back and brag about it because that is part of the fun right here and by golly even though we're halfway through round three still, we are giving Patrick his time to shine and and brag. So uh, just hold off on just a second, Patrick, during our, our early reactions. I'll let you just let loose, but I am very happy that you can join us to talk about that tonight. Two quick shout-outs. First, I have to give a shout out to Robert O'Shields, who may not even be a listener of the show, but we recently found out that Michael either has a Burner account on Twitter or a Doppelganger on Twitter, because this is a fellow who is a New York City FC fan, lives in New Orleans, and also used to follow uh, Patrick Mullins when he was in development and is a huge Patrick Mullins fan, so I think that's right. Is that is that it, Mike?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, Patrick Mullins played high school at the same high school that I went to. Um, it's jesuit high school high school sports are kind of big down here um where you went to school is answered by where you when you were into high school um it's a little bit different here than other places in the country it's very much a part of your identity and pride and all that blah, blah blah so patrick mullins being from jesuit and kind of having that big career is kind of something that's been popular among jesuit supporters so uh whenever he went on apparently this guy continued to follow him into new york city fc and through patrick mullins is now a new york city fan so there's another person in New Orleans who follows MLS, follows New York City, and loves Patrick Mullins.
1: So, I mean... But maybe not. What it, an awesome It day. may just be Mike's burner account. So. It may, may just
0: be my. We'll I may see. not just remember it. Maybe I had COVID and I had, you know, schizophrenia and that's a,
1: <laughs> We don't know if that's a
0: symptom yet. It's a new disease. We're all learning. I couldn't tell you. Who knows?
1: <laughs> we will see. But it was wild. So have to give a quick shout out to that. And then on a personal <laughs> level, so as... As a lot of you probably know, my wife and I are having a baby in October and we've we've been getting presents in the mail and we got a gift from someone whose name is Abraham Kleinbart and she and I don't know an Abraham Kleinbart and he is from New York and we we don't know how this happened. The only thing I have come to think is that perhaps, Abraham, you may be a listener of this podcast? I don't know and you found one of our registries and sent us something. So if if that is true, this is a shot in the dark, everybody. This is like the last like it's not my side of the family. It's not the wife's side of the family. It's not even from our registry. The the item came it, it was an <laughs> item we registered for, but it did not come from our registry. One of our the companies. So we're we were just completely taken aback. We have no idea what's going on. I would like to send you a thank you card, but <laughs> I just let me know. Abraham, if you if you're listening or if, if people know what's going on, um, thank you. If this is someone's burner address and identity, um, I don't I don't know. Thank you. Um, but but I'd like to at least be able to figure this out and actually say thank you to this person properly. So if you are a a fan of this show or MLS or somehow we've crossed paths that way, please DM me and and let me know because this has just been wild. Okay there's the welcome there's there's the shout outs and uh, potentially a piece of detective work that might get solved round three guys that's what we're here to talk about tonight right now it's still going on this this is uber massive week that Mm. we've still got two days left in this in this thing Uh, but every team has pretty much played once now we just had the the new york columbus game wrap up right before the show started but we pretty much got one game out of most of the teams. We can give a quick little reaction to some of our takeaways so far, and we'll give for everyone listening a little early thoughts on round four because that's that's right around the corner. So we're going to go ahead and give you that content. Um, for me, I've broken down round three into its three days. I didn't talk about today, and I've given those of course we're
0: not going to talk about today.
1: Well, I mean, we can. (laughs) We can. I did not... When I was writing this, that wasn't finished yet, but I'll let you talk about it. Um, I mean, I'm happy about it too. I'm happy about that result. Uh, So Um, Thursday, I've called about as expected. Friday, I've called uh, lower scoring than expected. And Saturday, I have called Bananas Day because Saturday with MLS was absolutely bananas, especially when it came to fantasy. Uh, I'll let you guys go first. What were some of the initial reactions, fantasy reaction you've taken from these first four days for you, Mike? Uh, we'll let we'll let.
0: I'll I'll do kind of a, a general reaction. Sure. I was surprised by how many clean sheets for sure um, there were. Um, I mean, I think probably going overall, um, the keys to success this week was one if you av- avoided the Vela captain trap, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, but I think the other thing is whether or not you had enough defenders because most people shots at defenders except for Orlando have hit. Um, I know for me, TFC hit. Uh, Columbus's first game hit. Um, you know, they were, Philadelphia and New England hit. I know a lot of people went with Philadelphia players uh, mm-hmm. with Heel being out. Um, and then, of course, I encourage people to have the courage to Cincy hashtag, and those people That's who good. did that were rewarded. Um <laughs> uh, Reed shook his head and I'm like, no, how do you do that? he doesn't believe it in his own team. This is going to be a theme of this Realist. week: I having more um, faith in other people's team than themselves. And
1: being <laughs> the For sure, but
0: uh, but not Atlanta. So we'll get to, pa- Patrick beat me on that one. Um, but yeah, so I-, I wonder if this is going to be a trait going forward, especially with what we saw tonight in the New York City game. Columbus didn't rotate everybody because Zarda still played, but they rotated a bunch of players. Like I know mm-hmm. the keeper was new. Awful didn't play. Um, it's a game. There were a bunch of new players. We'll see if that's a trend. If we see it heavier rotation on the road as part of the second part of these double game weeks, because we know they're going to come fast and furious. Um, if that's the case, we may be seeing more emphasis on defenders and that's really good because they're Mm -hmm. generally pretty cheap with the budget the way it is um, and it'll allow managers a lot of flexibility
1: yeah Patrick what about you general reactions
3: oof (laughs) Uh, pretty much like Mike put out on Twitter basing picks off of the MLS's back tournament big boo boo oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um you thought Orlando was going to bring some of their big strength from the tournament with them? Nope, no, they did not. Um, Timbers, apparently, they still have a victory hangover. <laughs> um, LaFC forgot how to play football. So,
1: <laughs> I, I saw a meme, which I know everyone's familiar with. This this meme, it's your traditional Olympics first second third tiered section and and it's the the players who have won and the third place player is going absolutely bananas and when it zooms out you find out he's a third place player and it zoomed out and it had Seattle on top with the cup Atlanta or not sorry sorry Patrick Uh, LAFC on the side at second with the shield and then Portland Timbers third (laughs) with MLS's back absolutely losing their minds and I looked at that and I thought yeah yeah that's that's it that is it right now <laughs> but you're right yeah this uh we had hoped for more useful scouting and maybe people still pulled some things i mean we saw some better defensive shape from cincinnati we saw some good defensive performances from elliot nani still got on the on the scoreboards i mean it's not horrible but um not everything was repeated you're for sure you're for sure right blaine what about you
2: um one of the big ones I see is the road teams. I mean, we talked pretty heavily about flying in day um, playing the game and having to fly home, and that travel hangover, even on short travel, uh, could be an issue. Um, sporting got a road win. I mean, LA Galaxy are playing in LA. I mean, it's not that much of a travel. But, that's. I mean, that's still – that's the – I see folks that – Colorado went in or Salt Lake went into Colorado and got the win and Seattle went into Portland and got the win. I mean, that's a lot of big road games and those weren't all close games either. I mean, 3-0, 4-1 on the road. That's huge in MLS. Um, even 2-0 for the Galaxy is a pretty big win when you take it out of the home stadium. Uh, that was big. And then the other, the other big one I wanted to point out is we talked to back and forth and back and forth, whether Vancouver was going to be a legit team or not. They got outdone on possession by 67 to 32%, but Hassel had seven saves again. They held Toronto to one goal. Um, they had more of their first team lineup in there. They had some guys back. The defense looks better given all the other guys back. They're not the pushovers that we kind of saw in the tournament where they could give up big goals, and they're just going to get absolutely shelled. They still got shelled, but Toronto's a good <laughs> team, but they're not... They're not giving up the goals right now, even though they're getting shelled. And that um, puts them closer to on par with where we've got Cincinnati at right now defense-wise. But if they're not going to give up too many goals or if they can start pulling out some clean sheets or if it's all going to keep stacking up five, seven, ten saves a game, um, that's a defense you can look at to get a ton of bonus points when all of things are
1: equal. The only comment I have about that Toronto-Vancouver game, which I think that's a great <laughs> fantasy takeaway um... – maybe get some switcheroos out of out of Vancouver but the only comment I have to make is this was a Groundhog's Day game like they just played this game a few days ago and I have to wonder if there's pressure from Toronto to maybe try to change it up a little bit does Vancouver know better what to expect with it being so recent maybe they're a bit better prepared as well but uh, I still, I, I still think it does make them a little bit I'm still betting against Vancouver but yeah. uh, maybe more of it of yeah. I'm not going to go for their attackers.
0: See, yeah. I, I'm going to disagree with Blaine. Um, the expected goals, it, I mean, in the, in the second game, Toronto still put up 2.26 expected goals. Um, it didn't end up in the back of the net, but Vancouver's giving up way too many chances. They've got absolutely nothing going forward. 0. 0.37 and 0. 0.36 were their two expected goals totals for the games against Toronto. I mean, we talk about clean sheets as being so important. I mean, if you have a team that's like struggling offensively, they're probably like Nashville or somebody like that. And then yeah, I, I can see kind of going with them if if they have a decent shot at a clean sheet. But otherwise, I mean, you're that there's they're, they're getting shelled. Um, and I know TFC is a good team, but it's been consistent throughout the tournament. Anyone who's playing them is getting tons of chances, and maybe Hassal is keeping some out of the back of the net, and maybe he's not. But th- th- you're pretty much pinning all of your hopes on that. It's not a good team. It's not a good defensive team. I don't know if I could recommend them.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe you go Hassal as a, as a cheap switcheroo, keeperoo, but.
0: Yeah, uh, now that, that's it. Uh, that's, that's, that's,
1: yeah, that's where I was thinking with those saves. Those are great numbers of <laughs> saves. Uh, some general, some quick takeaways that I have drawn it down from this first, first half. Uh, New York Red Bulls, they got a win, but they're, they still haven't identified this consistent goal scorer right there. So it was all about the defense in this game. Even the goal was about the defense, and that's kind of not what you hope to see with this. So um, consistency I'm there. I'm
0: going to sit my beer quietly and ignore this. New York City, struggle <laughs>
1: without Maxi Morales there as well, is a big hurt. Um, the biggest breaking news of at least Thursday was Zellerion did not play columbus he was had an injury he was working on which nobody knew about i think is that fair to say yeah
0: apparently he had an ankle injury that he was nursing throughout the mls's back tournament <laughs> and um yeah apparently you know they're they're giving him some time off to get it healed um he did not play tonight um not right. appeared on either of the 18 we'll see if he shows up for the derby on the weekend but uh yeah and i mean look this is something um it, it was really i don't know if we we're talking about twitter exchanges so, someone picked up on my tweet it's like oh yeah if you followed Emily's fantasy at all you know that injury reports are scarce someone <laughs> yes, I'm like, Oh god. <laughs> uh, but i mean yeah it's going to be worse than usual because even the little few beat writers who can cover practice they're not there they're doing everything yeah. by zoom um it's absolutely total team control of injuries and information so It's going to be tough. You're going to have to use those things. And I think something that we've seen recently, which I I didn't get a chance to see if it happened today. Lineups are coming out a lot closer to kickoff time. It's been the case since MLS is back. It was certainly the case Thursday. I'm not sure what the reasoning for that is, but it's just something you have to be aware of. You you're not going to get a whole lot of time to react. You really need to plan ahead of time pretty much everyone because i mean zelleran came out of nowhere we were expecting him to go 180 this week
1: so -hmm. it's going to make for some interesting uh, reaction changes i just sent the chat uh if you guys are listening i want to know did you have zelleran on and who was your gut reaction switch i'm really interested here um Another game on Thursday was New England versus Philly, which ended about like we thought without Carlos Heel. Uh, New England has, that's a big hit to their offense production. And Philly was looking good on, on defense during the tournament. And so seeing that draw uh, was definitely uh, good for reinforcing that idea for Philly, especially for some of those cheaper defenders they have access to. And of course, uh, their goalkeeper. Uh, Friday, like I said, lower than expected as far as goals went. The FCC draw, good call Mike. Uh, that was against DC, who still had some struggles of their own, but nice to see taking shape. There's some good defensive value there. If that's a risk you may want to take, still put it in more of an Aru uh, option, but that to see like three games of some pretty solid defensive formation is, is nice uh, for me personally as well. Uh, Minnesota sporting Kansas city, SKC got that win, uh, but blame no goals from Polito. And that was a, something I had talked about before as a worry. I, I, went with some of your optimism of of what he can do as a forward but didn't get any points from him but Kinda was the top scorer from this game which you did mention as a prime target so props to you right there blaine
2: yeah gotta throw out the nicest rivalry in sports um own goal was the leading scorer in this one one each way
1: um just these guys helping each other out the whole way through <laughs> for sure Uh, Then, of course, this one also had Houston and Dallas. Uh, Dallas is still struggling to get some offense going right here. Um, But uh, Houston had a 4.5 goalkeeper who played and got a clean sheet here. So keep an eye on that. I don't know if we're all in on a Houston defense either. Uh, Again, with (laughs) Dallas sort of struggling in this realm. But there's a 4.5 keeper if that's something people want to keep their eye on. They did hold them to one shot. Or, or maybe the better way is Dallas only got one shot on goal. So take that as you will for a 4.5 keeper. Now Saturday is a day. That is bananas day right here. LA Galaxy winning El Trafico. Uh, bonkers from what we all expected. And we have to ask ourselves right now, is LAFC better without Vela? He did leave this game before the 60-minute mark. Uh, with an injury. I didn't see how serious that was. I don't know if he, if Mike or anybody else has heard about that. But no Chicharito here. Uh, Pavone was the standout. Bradley Wright Phillips was a halftime sub. What do we think? LAFC better or worse with or without Vela Blaine? I didn't get to watch the game,
2: but just how ineffective they were with Bella coming into the lineup compared to how they played through the tournament without him makes me pause and think that if Bella's a little rusty if he's not 100% fit now he's picked up I was told it was a knee injury I didn't I didn't get to watch all of this game I was told it was a knee and it was by one of the guys in my draft league who actually has him on his team and he is not optimistic for a quick return <laughs> from this one so when you when you waste the number one overall pick and what three weeks into the season, four weeks into the season, you're weeks. What? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're losing your number one overall pick, like that kind of hurts. And he's not optimistic on what Bella's outlook is. So I'm taking that as this probably isn't good. Um. Yeah, I. Bradley Wright Phillips and Rossi together were playing like crazy, uh, blessing was becoming more and more of a focal point without Bella in there. Um, you throw a guy like Vella in, it's kind of a Landon Donovan situation with the national team. He's got such a name and a reputation that everybody wants to play through that player to the detriment of the team when and I think that could be happening with L A F C to a degree. That they Bella's there so they want to play everything through him and he and it may not make the team better. It may actually make the team worse given how well they had been playing together without him. Um, now, if they start to struggle, if they drop off, of course, you've got to bring Bella back in and, and let the best player in the league run the team. But but they need to learn to play with Bella without playing everything through Bella at times. And, again, I didn't get to watch all of this one. So I don't know if that's 100% the case. But I do know that can happen a lot, and the chemistry on a team that missing a superstar and still rocking like they were could go away when the superstar
1: comes back. Patrick, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, pretty much the same. I watched about the first hour till the Atlanta game started to come on, and Vela definitely showed that he had not played competitive ball in a while. He just looked rusty, rusty, rusty. The holes he would normally find and dribble around somebody, he was just getting stuffed. They were taking the ball away without being able to feed through him. They just looked lost. It was like uh, last year when Zlatan was with the Galaxy. If he was on the field, everything went to him, and it worked or it did So it looked kind of like that again, where they don't know how to play with Vela if he's not 100 so I think right now they are much better without Vela.
1: There we go. Mike, where do you fall?
0: Um, I'm, I, I didn't get the chance to see this game. Um, to me, Vela's rustiness doesn't explain what we saw. Um, LAFC put a point expected goals total. They had a half hour without Vela. If what was going on was just simply Vela – you would have expected once Vela came off, they could have readjusted, generated some more chances against an LA Galaxy defense that we were calling one of the worst in the league. Um, they didn't do that. No one performed well, um, even when Vela when was off. Um, I mean, they generated a few more chances, but I mean, they were not particularly good. 0. 0.4 over the day is a really awful number, and it's a horrific number for LAFC. Um, to me, this was just comes down to you know, it's a game in the afternoon, and they just weren't ready for it. I don't know if they just expected a cakewalk over the Galaxy and were surprised by something or couldn't adjust or, or what exactly happened. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it was solely explainable by Vela. Now, the way that Bob Bradley has talked about it, he described it as uh, – I mean, it was a non-contact knee injury. He pulled up and just kind of grabbed his knee. After the game, he described it as an MCL-type injury um the latest is that he refused to give an update and will tell us tomorrow fingers crossed maybe if we're really good boys and girls he'll let us know (laughs) what's actually going on or maybe he'll just lie to our faces who knows um but i would i mean i I don't expect vela to go to rsl um for the second half of this double game week to be honest i wasn't expecting him to go there anyway um with the altitude and all that but i'm expecting him to miss some time i mean it's just i don't I, don't, I really want to see what they do against RSL. That, that, to me, is the big question. If if this is really just, oh, Vela was rusting through the whole team off, maybe. But, I mean, LAFC has had experience without Vela and seemed to do fine last season. Not not quite as well, but, I mean, we're still generating chances and, and goals. Much better than they did against Sunday. So, I'm in the camp of this was an aberration, just kind of a fluke, Darby, you know, first game back kind of thing. And I'm not going to read into it more, but um, you know, if if we get a bad result against RSL, then maybe I'll take notice and start downgrading LFC players.
1: and many people can rest assured that they are in the same massive pot of people who are also having a two point captain this week. So, uh, I don't think this is something to worry about. A lot of people are in this situation. If you didn't, Captain Vela, hats off to you. Uh, send me a message on Twitter if you're in chat right now. Let us know who you captain because good job. Uh, that was uh, a good pick. And even without Vela being injured, which is horrible, and I hope he recovers quickly, uh, I think just the craziness of this restart from 2020 should make people feel more free to not always Captain Vela. I mean, I think at least for the next few weeks, if he does, if he's injured, of course, but if he comes back, uh, I think there is this warm-up period again for him, this distrained this situation for people. Defenders may even be options if we're going to be seeing more clean sheets and maybe some goals or assists from people. So I think you have freedom to sort of branch out with other options. Uh, but enough of the delay. Uh, Atlanta hit the restart button right here. Two goals from Pity. Patrick, now is
3: your time. Cheers. Yeah, uh, the one thing I got right this week. How about that? Um, Yeah, I I had a decent feeling about it knowing the interim manager, Steven Glass, wanted to bring back that attacking style of play for Atlanta. He had actually gone back and studied tape of Petey at River Plate to see what brought out the best in Petey, where best Mm. to put him. He moved him on that left oh, wing where he played at River Plate. Opened stuff up a little bit. Even without Barco in there, who took a knock training Friday and couldn't play, it just opened up. Uh, once Kubo came in late in the game, it opened up even more, and that's when we got the rocket shot from Petey. <laughs> um, it's good to see attacking football out of Atlanta again. There you go, yeah.
1: Very nice. And I have to say, uh, last week I was talking about how I wanted to see something from Atlanta before I really went with them. Uh, If you were like that, here you go. Here's what you were waiting to see. But when Zellarion did not start, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What's going on? I already had Ladero in my team where I had done some rearranging. And I was like, who do I want to go with right here? Considered Kingda for a hot second. But I was like, you know what? Patrick was talking up. Atlanta... Why not? I'll put him on my bench. Let's see what happens. I kind of need to switch something up with a midfielder anyway for, for my switcheroo. I'll I'll, I'll, go, I'll, have, I'll go with pity and, and just uh, have fun with Patrick this week. And my hat's off to you, Patrick. That worked very well uh, because I have pity's 14 points on the bench, which I even took Ladero out of my team because I was like, you know what? I feel good things about Blanco. I'm going to get rid of Ladero, and that might have been a mistake
3: when so, a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a
1: while. <laughs> that's right. And so that's something we haven't talked about. We've, we've touched on these games uh, real quick. Miami also did well. Uh, no, no. yeah. Miami also did well. Uh, they upset the Darlings of the MLS's back cup with a 3-2 win over Orlando Pizarro, who is a $10 million midfielder, did very well. And then uh, Carranza, who is an $8.5 million forward, did well for Miami. So there's two names you may want to take a look at. Uh, have some good value right there. Nani was back on the scoreboard, so if you have Nani on your team, he's got an eight right now. That's that's fine. Uh, you got another shot with with him with Nashville, which might be the better uh, opportunity this week, but not not a bad result right there. But yeah, Miami actually did what I think a lot of us had thought they would do at the beginning of the MLS's back tournament. I know I think most of us thought they were going to make it out of the group, and this was this was why. Uh, Reed, huge takeaway in this game. Um, Orlando is one of those teams that's
2: kind of in, in flux right now with strikers. Mm. Dwyer picked up a knock. Mueller's been hit or miss. Um, I think they just signed another striker. I wasn't prepped for this part, but I think they just signed a, a new striker this this last couple of weeks. Okay. Supposed to come in big. But the biggest fantasy takeaway right now is uh DK. He is a 5 million forward who has come up. And if they're struggling to find goals, um, he got a goal and an assist in this game. And I know we were talking about Mueller being hot, but they've still benched Mueller even though he was hot or he's not playing that feature role. He was hot in the tournament, but they seem to be kind of rotating through guys. But if a kid like DK is going to come on and drop a 10 in fantasy, grab a goal and an assist, um, you can expect he's going to get some more time with this club. Uh, that's a name that every fantasy manager has to keep an eye on at that price because you can slot him into pretty much any lineup you want to build. If you go heavy midfielders, keep going heavy midfielders and spend all your money there, but there's a $5 million forward option to slot into your bench and just kind of keep on the back burner there. If he's going to put up these types of numbers at that price, you can't really afford to not have him
1: yeah no that's a that's a fantastic takeaway yeah five million is is a steal uh, especially since uh, if we are going to see some of this continued clean sheet uh, options and just success then if you move to a four or even a five man back line having a cheap forward like that is ideal for deciding if you want to have a forward swap in or the defender come in you look shocked blaine
2: no, just, I'm, I'm just looking up numbers It's the lighting. Okay, okay. No, just all
1: of a sudden, for those of you not watching who are listening to us, Blaine just sort of had this look of awe appear in his face, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Did, yeah. did no, Blaine I, just, like, solve no, uh, injury I news or something? Yeah.
2: No, I was trying to look up who the new signing was for um, Orlando because at first I thought this kid was the new signing. But, no, he's a, he's a Oklahoma product. I know they brought him in. Um, I... I'm at a loss for who the new signing is. I think it's A.S., a 23-year-old forward from Brazil. Um, they just brought in as a young player to try to shore up this Yeah, attack. he doesn't have a but, picture
1: yet. Yeah, $6.5 million.
2: Yeah. But, no, I mean, if, I guess 20-year-old kid at coming on like that, that's worth it for me. I was just trying to figure out because I thought he was the new signing for a minute. Sure because I didn't know the name. I couldn't remember who they signed, but no, he is not the new signing. So they've got another forward in the mix.
1: And we'll have to mention RSL real quick. They got that 4-1 win over Colorado. Bananas, that's that's the biggest bananas of the round, especially as poorly as we were talking about RSL. Apologies, um, but show us some consistency now. Uh, Chang is a 5.5 million. Uh, was he a forward or a midfielder? I didn't write that. He is a mid. For midfielder, one goal and two assists. Marum, $4.9 million, one goal and one assist. Baird, uh, $5.4 million forward, one goal, one assist. And Kralic, or is Baird a midfielder too? Anyway, uh, and Kralic, $7.7 million, uh, with one goal. Um, ridiculously low for a lot of these guys, but I think that shows the consistency that we've worried about. Uh, Marum is definitely hot and cold. Uh, Baird has is, is also been kind of hot and cold, been kind of a favorite switcheroo pick for a lot of people. Uh, but this was this was a crazy a crazy game but given a shout out there are some definite potential switcheroo options in RSL though I have to believe that this is going to depend a lot upon the matchup
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay the big final question I have for this segment of the show we have seen the new double game week rule in mass in effect right now first time we've seen this this huge double game week and we're seeing how it works what are your first takeaways, Mike? Have you liked it? Whatever. What's going on?
0: Yeah, I mean, it. It. it I definitely liked it. Um, I mean, it's It's nice to, one, not being trying to predict stuff. Uh, I mean, Columbus is a perfect example. We saw them completely rotate uh, in the second game, pretty much put up a dud. It's kind of nice, but like, all right, I got my, got my clean sheet. I got what I needed to do. Um, you know, for switcheroos, it was like, okay, I got my switcheroos. I got the result. I can move on uh and then for the players who didn't do well because i you know I, my panic uh move for zelran was blanco so i have a two in most weeks they will be like well it's pretty much a bad week for him but you know he can turn around if he gets a good good match uh, in his second game he can completely turn around so i'm liking it so far i'm liking that it's more flexibility more um kind of concreteness and like okay i got a good p- score from this player and i can make decisions based on that
1: so and even better for me with that is like we missed on blanco he got a two <clears throat> maybe he comes back against uh san jose wait no they're the play San jose um yep. yeah yeah play san jose for, i was thinking next week next week LA's playing san jose maybe he comes back against san jose and gets a good score gets a decent score that that would be fantastic and if pity comes in again and scores two more goals that's fantastic for patrick but he's not getting a 28 he's going to have a 14 and that means even if blanco comes in here and gets a 10 with some assists and and bonus points you're still not that far off where you're like if you were like man i got a 12 versus this guy who's got a 28 now that's a huge point swing i love that i love that so far patrick what about you
3: yeah i agree with mike on that one it's exactly the same thing where you've got these that just hit a dud that first game. And normally it's just, well, there goes my week, but now you've got that second chance they could come in. Like I had a run on defense from Orlando who gave me a nice goose egg in that first game. Me too. So if he can come in and get a decent score now, you know, that completely changes instead of relying just on a double score. It it makes it actually a lot better, and I wanted to hate it. I thought I was going to hate it, but I like it. Mm -hmm. Especially, well, sorry, especially with the Corona schedule that we've got, where they are playing so quick and such rotation, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think we've missed the biggest highlight of this is I don't know anybody in this round last year that would have taken Pazuello who gave us a 12 point week. Um, you know, Blanco, Blanco's got a two right now. I'm hoping he can turn it on in the second game and salvage that score for me. Um, but even if he salvages that score, um, beating Cozuelo is going to be tough at this point. Um, a 12 is hard to beat and a single game week player being relevant right now is huge. And then I love it on the other end. I mean, I'm on the captain Bella, uh um, down her train right now. Um, my backup was Zardes. Zardes finished the two games with a combined total of 11 points. But I'm not second guess- guessing myself saying, oh, I left I left a bunch of points on the table. I left a 1 instead of an 11 and I'm missing out on 10 whole points. Now I'm missing out on 7 points the way it sits. If, assuming Bella doesn't play. like I'm missing out on 7 points compared to 10. That helps. It's good. You're going to see that throughout the year. Um, just because your single game week captain or your captain doesn't go doesn't have a good score, you're not going to see double ups like we did last year, and so you don't it doesn't hurt quite so bad. And the same goes with all the rotation and injuries. If you're going to see a lot of rotation. You're going to see guys you expect to have a good game, not have such a good game here and there. And at least you're not losing out on that score and then into a double score from the from your potential replacement. It's only one of the scores. And even the highest one. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a great balancing factor and I love this rule change.
1: Yeah, I've been a huge fan for what I've seen as well, and I think Blaine, that point of viability of single game week players is is incredibly important to talk about. Yes, it hits Pozuelo, who has an early game, who got a great score. But also, going back to what you were saying, Patrick, I'm looking at my team right now, and I have Ruan on my bench, who got a zero. Suck. But I also have Nick Lima on my bench, who has a single game with San Jose this week, and they both now equally have a chance to have an awesome game. I mean, I could end up with three 10-point defenders on my back line, because Ruan has two shots, at getting a clean sheet. But Nick Lima has just as good of a chance at something happening for him with with this one game. So, I think it's it's really made flexibility and here's actually here's what it is. The common phrase that we throw out that you see with sports, that you see all this of especially in fantasy is two bites at the apple. This guy's got two bites at the apple. Why would I never go with two bites at the apple? What I think this double game week change is, it's all of a sudden, would you rather have two bites of an apple that I found out of the crab apple orchard off the ground, or do you want to have one bite out of the Honeycrisp? And I'm going to go with the Honeycrisp. So that's why I see It's, it's now about the quality of the matchup much more than just the quantity. So this is truly, for those of you who say, this game is easy, this game is simple, it's whatever, this is so much a change that advocates for you need to look at the matchup. You need to consider the play styles, the coaching, the who's going to be in, who's going to be gone, what's what's coming up with the flights in, the flights out, the upcoming game weeks. Like This is so much of a let me compare the quality that these players have versus just the raw quantity. And I, for one, uh, am looking forward to the ridiculous double game weeks that we have coming up, but just seeing this change continue to play out the rest of the season
2: and the way you put that i think there's a few just general rules we can follow like rules are made to be broken for sure but general rules is as we play defenders and we t- generally tend to clean sheet hunt taking two bites at the apple for clean sheet hunting is probably going to be in your best interest just you've got two shots at it if they make that one mistake in the first game they've got another game to go get it Whereas a single game week player, if they make one mistake in that one game, you're out. You're out of chance, and that's five. That's five points you won't be getting back. And I think the same goes for most of your forwards as well. You've got your boom or bust players. Bradley Wright Phillips has been a great example over the years. He's either a two point forward or a seven or a twelve point forward. He doesn't get bonus points. He either gets you a goal or he gets you two points. That's that's Bradley Wright Phillips. For a forward like that, you take two bites at the apple, he's got two games to score one goal, and you get a good solid score out of him. Um, other forwards that get a lot more bonus points or a lot more passing-oriented, you can look a little differently at him. But midfielders are where your single-game week options really start to shine. Two bites at the apple doesn't make as big of a difference for a guy like Pazuela who just got a 12 in a single game. Those consistent players getting the assist, involved in all of the attacks, those are the guys that you can really kind of narrow in and go, okay, this is matchup by matchup. So it's it's knowing a lot of your positional play as you look at this. But I would say generally I'm looking defenders and forwards for double game week players, but midfielders, it's wide open. It's whatever's the best matchup more than it is who's got two games.
0: Yeah, I have a little bit of a different approach. I don't know if we would keep talking about this, Reid, but um, I, I've, I'm kind of bringing my experience from playing the show league, which is you know doesn't have double game weeks, and you had to pick based on the matchups. <clears throat> and for me, I always with that approach, I always looked more first for the best single game week matchups because I didn't have the rotation like you're talking about. You know, getting bad apple and I know that's going to be a good opportunity and I don't have to worry about all the extra stuff about injuries and rotations and all of that, and kind of have that first. And then you kind of look to second. So to me, it's, I'm, I'm kind of developing like a tiered system. If there's a single game week matchup, that's great. I might go with them first. Like this week I went TFC three. Now I did a lot of them as auto ruse um, with Westberg and Mavinga on the bench just to come in just in case something went wrong. Um, and then Pazuelo on there, because like Blaine said, Pazuelo is pretty much going to hit any time. And then kind of maybe for the first game of the double game week, I'll go then because I'll see those lineups and can make sure nothing goes wrong and they don't have a mass rotation. And then just kind of have the second game of the double game week as kind of like a backup thing. I don't mm. think you're really going to bank on points because you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, for example, if you are banking on Columbus, uh, getting great points against New York City, then all of a sudden you're shocked by, you know, the rotation. That would have been a really difficult thing in years past because that's what we've been talking about in years past. Hey, New York City's had trouble defensively. Columbus can make bank off of both games. And that wouldn't have come true. So I think that's kind of the way you may need to approach this is I think this is less about who has the double game weeks and more about who has the best matchups and are they single game matchups And can you really bank on that being a great quality matchup? As long as you know, I'm going to see those lineups and make sure the team is putting their best foot forward and are really going forward. And so I think I can get some points out of this. I think that's going to be maybe more important than is a team on a double game. And And, for
1: no, sorry, are you finished? Oh, I I wanted to add one
2: more thing because I thought of it while Mike was talking. Um, I can't remember who it was, Reed, that ran the numbers for us and was constantly harping on this stat. Um, a double game week is not two times the nor- the average score. It's about it's between one point five and one point seven five. Yeah, one point five single game Andrew. score. I think and, it's
0: Andrew Crawler who read yeah, that.
2: Um, <clears throat> that is something that. I haven't been thinking about with this rule change, but that is something I think we could really do an analysis at the end of the year, but it's something to keep in mind now. If your average score for a double game week is 1.5 times your normal, that either means you're only getting half of the second game or because of tired legs and everything, you're, you're pacing yourself in a different manner to play two games in one week. Um, that's just something to keep in mind that single game week options, getting their full score, where somebody else having to get, I mean, if we say it's 1.5 split over two games, that's 0.75 on your regular score. If you're getting 75% of your average in a, each game of a double game week, you're going to be outpaced by the single game week guys a lot more
1: often. And speaking of apples, the order goes Honeycrisp, Fuji, Gala, Gala, uh... Granny Smith. There we go. That's the order. That is the ranking of apples. Uh, moving on to a quick housekeeping section before some early thoughts about uh, round four. We got more out of round three than I than I thought we would. Uh, just so everyone knows, important, important, important. Clap, clap, clap. Emojis. Mm-hmm. Round four is from August twenty eighth through August thirtieth. So that's that's a very short turnaround. Uh, but that starts on Friday of this week. So there's there's a quick turnaround there. Be ready to set your teams by 828. Round 5, I know it's crazy. We're thinking two game weeks ahead. It's it's like playing EPL back in the day. Uh round 5 is, starts on September 1st. So that's another quick turnaround and it's going to be another big double game week. So be ready to set some teams quick. Be thinking about who you're going to be looking at. Uh, as this stuff moves forward we will try to be right there with you to help give you some advice okay Uh, for round four get coming round four no double game weeks okay everyone is a single game week team so all that conversation we just had about how awesome a double game week rule is doesn't matter Houston is not playing Vancouver is not playing those make them your ideal switcheroo candidates because they're not going to play you don't have to worry about it uh, everybody else is a single game team. If for some reason you're looking for someone to be in a roue, uh, because you potentially want them to play, you're going to be looking at Nashville, Miami, Seattle, and LAFC, I guess, but you'll probably already have some of those players anyway. But, uh, those are teams who are playing at the end of the week. So you could still potentially get their players to come in, but pretty much if you want to switch a roue, you're going to go with Houston to Vancouver and they've got good options as far as value goes. Um, Normally we do injuries here, but I don't think anyone knows who is injured, so uh, anything from you, Mike?
0: <laughs> Other than Zeller's probably out.
3: Zellarion and maybe Vela. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's um, that what we're looking at. On Atlanta side, I know Barco still listed as day-to-day
0: mm.
3: and uh, Mesa, <laughs> who came out of the game Saturday, they uh, were waiting for him to be evaluated, but the coach is not releasing any detailed information on any of it. Said he didn't think it was that important for the public to no. know. So,
1: he doesn't play fantasy. Um, and, of course, Chicharito is still listed as as, as well. Chicharito so got
0: yeah. that. Uh, uh, and uh, Max Morales didn't play either game uh, of New York City's double game week. So, so we probably shouldn't us. pick him up anyway. But um, Well, actually, that, that'll be important in round 14 because they, they have a decent matchup.
2: Two names on the transfer front. Um, Reggie Cannon and Brendan Aronson both played. Oh right, uh, two guys I was expecting to be benched pending uh, transfers, but they both played so that's great for us and just keep an eye on those rosters because if transfer rumors start swirling again, they could easily be benched, but right now it looks like the coaches are going to keep playing them as long as they're here. I know the European transfer market is kind of dry right now there's the talk of not spending a ton of money because of the virus and everything so these guys may not be sold but I know the hope is to sell a few of these players, but it looks like MLS is just going to keep playing them regardless of the transfer room.
1: All right, let's move on to round four. Now, these are early preliminary picks. We still have basically half of round three still left to play, but this is going to be a mix. Um, I know some of us are going to talk about the matches that we find favorable that have players for these positions, and some of us, like this guy below me in the window, who goes by the name of Blaine, um, might have some players to throw out for you uh, at this point already. So it's going to be a little bit of a mix, uh, a grab bag early, just again, as we talked about, just to kind of help get you in the mindset of where you might want to look. So let's start out with keepers and defenders, Blaine.
2: Yeah, um, I actually like this one. Um, uh, Mavinga and Westberg are my two um, quick switcheroo options for defense. They play the first game of the week. Yes, it's a travel game, but um, it's first Montreal. Montreal has not looked the greatest. This is one I think you can really snag a lot of points pretty quick on and get them, get them early in the round, get them out of the way, get your switcher who's done with and and be happy there. Um, after that, I'm, I'm looking at Minnesota as kind of a backup and a second-tier team. I have not seen anything from Dallas that makes me think they can score a goal right now. Um, the rest of the teams are seeing a lot of uh, a lot going on right now a lot of ups and downs and the other defenses we've kind of relied on have tougher matches um with the way Atlanta has played i'm not as sold on Orlando as i would have been in the other week Um, the other just the teams I'm, I'm relying on aren't there as much um Kansas City against Colorado it's a re- another road game that one could be a good one for you um Watch who's starting. There's been a ton of rotation. Graham Smith seems to be the favored center back now, and Winston Reed got to start pushing Kunchek to the bench, and Beesler is nowhere to be found at the moment. So kind of watch that left back got switched up. It seems like Zusi and Smith are the only two regulars right now, so that could be tr- that could be a lot of trouble going forward. Um, and then Philadelphia, uh, McKinsey has been outstanding. McKinsey's probably going to be a guy I'm going to ride for a while because he's been hot, good points. Um, and this is they're hosting D.C. and D.C. can't buy a goal to save their lives right now. Um, I don't even want to get started on D.C.'s attack because that's killing my draft team. But, um, yeah, so some names to start with. Um, really, it kind of depends on who Minnesota goes out with the rotation. There is some rotation there. But I would do uh, McKinsey and Wagner and Elliott. I mean, those are the three names for Philly. I really think that's a game where you could double up. I'm really, really tempted to double up on Philly, double up on Toronto, and throw a Minnesota guy on the bench for good measure, and just kind of pack my team right there.
1: All right, Mike, who you got?
0: Um, so I'm kind of looking at the same places Blaine is looking. I'll throw up a few other options. Um, I think New England Revolution. Uh, We talked about the Red Bulls having uh, issues in scoring. Uh, They pretty much needed pro to hand them a goal against the New York uh, City FC. And, I mean, (laughs) their defense is terrible. I'm still not sold on what they can do offensively. Um, This is on the road. Uh, And New England defense has been much better this season. So, um, obviously, pretty much everything I'm going to say was put in an asterisk of I reserve the right to change my mind based on what happens in game two of the cell game (laughs) week. But um, I, I think New England, uh, they all, in their last game, um, they had, I think it's, I wrote down, Butner, uh, defender who's 5.0, um, yeah. could be a good value. 11 for, points for this them. last week, at least. Yeah, 11 points was their top uh, defender. Um, and, I mean, Jack Elliott for the Philadelphia Union was 4.4, was their top defender. Yeah. Um, so definitely some cheap options this week. I'd also throw out Columbus. Um, FC Cincinnati dare to cur- courage to Cincinnati does not include Cincinnati attackers. Um, we saw what Columbus could do. And even tonight, even in the losing effort, uh, New York city was not creating a whole lot offensively. I think they finished with under one goal. Um, and frankly, if, if they hadn't had a really bad turnover from one of their backups, New York city wouldn't have scored tonight. So I think Columbus's defense is really strong. So even though they're on the road, I wouldn't hesitate in picking them. Plus they're early, on in the game week, so you should have um, some good options there. Um, otherwise, I don't think I'm going with too many options from the later games. Um, is too much of a question mark for me, uh, and Seattle and LAFC have both given up too many goals in recent games for me to feel confident. So I- I'm kind of with Blaine. I think your, your switcheroos with defenders, that needs to be done
3: early with TFC.
1: Patrick?
3: I'm kind of in the same vein, looking a lot at uh, Columbus. Uh, no offense, Reed. None taken uh, <laughs> uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati's just not showing they can score as of yet. Uh, asterisks on all my comments, please. <laughs> and um, I, I like their defense. Like like Mike said, if it wasn't for that just weird turnover tonight on them, just a miscue they would have held NYCFC to a shutout. Um, And I'm looking at another sneaky pick. I've got him in my lineup this week, and I just can't help it. But Brooks Lennon sitting at 4.7 right now as a defender, and he pushes up on the right wing, and he kicks in crosses and had a shot on goal on Saturday. Yeah, So sub 5 million back there with attacking potential. Yeah, I'm on that one.
1: Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, my mind's in a lot of the same place, Mike. I'm curious what you think about New York City FC's potential defensive options. Maybe just Tinnerholm, When I'm th- when I'm saying this right now against Chicago Fire. Too expensive, or don't trust
0: them. Um, I mean, honestly, it's more of a don't trust them off the the top of my head. Um, I mean, they lo- they lo- looked better today, but I mean, you know, Columbus was kind of rolling, a, you know, a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what he I mean, I, I will say Tanner was just what he's been doing is just banging in crosses um, yeah, he, he got three points against Red Bulls seven points tonight I, to me, even with what he's doing, I don't think he's generating enough um, bonus points you, you really have to go to the clean sheet, and I mean, it is Chicago um, we kind of saw Jekyll and Hyde from them Uh, as far as scoring and not scoring. um, The the chances he's creating aren't as quality of chances that he was creating last year. So I don't rate him as highly offensively. He's just kind of banging in crosses to people who are frankly way too short to be heading them down and making (laughs) them. It's, it's really weird. It's like would. I don't want to get started on Dealey and how terrible of a coach he is and what he's destroyed to my team. But Patrick will sympathize because he's been there. (laughs) Um, So I don't trust him. I would rather go with one of the cheaper options to go clean sheet hunting. If you think New York City can keep Chicago out and maybe after the second game think Chicago just can't score, then I would go for it. Um, But I, I can't recommend him because he's not getting enough bonus points right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably maybe a fourth or fifth team you might look at. Uh, Philadelphia definitely a front runner. That's I'm considering doubling up with with uh, Blake and another Philly defender um, for for that good shot right there. Again, I, I don't believe a lot in, in D.C. DC. Uh, some good good information. Uh, New England has some great cheap options. Farrell uh, a bit more expensive, but also got 11 points. But that that cheap defense right there you were talking about, Mike, or uh, you were talking. Oh, is it, was it you, Mike, or was it Blaine? We are talking about the Chief yeah. Defender. Yeah. Awesome. Mike, we were talking about that. that was great. Uh, great pickup of Sporting Kansas City. Uh, the Colorado only got one goal this week, so uh, SKC could potentially have a good road victory there. I'm tempted, actually, by LA Galaxy. Big question mark right here. Had a fairly decent defensive performance against LAFC. San Jose has shown some ability to score and put up shots during the MLS's back tournament which we know means nothing and i haven't seen them yet in round three so that's the biggest <laughs> that's the big question mark here is i'm surprised by LeFC. haven't seen san jose but i'm like mm, maybe maybe I, go with an I don't know that feels wrong it feels wrong uh so something like that is is a maybe right there but you mentioned Toronto. I think that's a great option for switcheroos. Toronto versus Montreal is ridiculous. It does not matter when it does not matter where Toronto versus Montreal is always a ridiculous. That's game. my biggest
0: fear for picking yes. defenders from that game is that that game just always turns into like a seven goal fest. That yes. Toronto like I would like have like no 4-3.
1: problem <laughs> with going with like a poswell or a Piada Cause I'm like, they'll probably both get a hat trick. Who knows? Um, the old Piotti will come back and get a hat trick. Who knows? Like it would happen and I wouldn't even battery. on will play. Right. Yeah, player coach Thierry Henry comes out. Uh so but they would definitely be a, a switcheroo for me. But that's sort of where my head is right now as potential. I think Dallas is a trap. Um they they got they have some good players. Minnesota does have some potential and people are used to playing in the heat now after this whole Orlando thing, so uh, but but I, I think be careful with that one. That was a team I have a question mark by because you're you're thinking some of these guys might do well. Cannon did play. Is that is that tempting? But but just watch out because Minnesota has some potential right there. Let's move on to midfielders, Mike. Um, so I
0: I mean we talked about pozuelo I, I think he's probably a must have this week. Um, Montreal's just been giving up too many goals. I, I think to leave him on the sidelines. Um, I'm also looking at Pity Martinez. Um, I, I hate to steal Patrick's thunder, but we, we all know how well Atlanta tends to do against Orlando. Uh, and if Pity is freed and feeling, you know, on, on a good hot streak with the new coach, I'm, I'm happy to ride that train. Um, some other names I'm looking at, Montero for Philadelphia, um, again, with D.C.'s struggles. Um, if, if Max and Morales were to play, I would think about him, but I, with his injury, frankly, I'd probably recommend against it. Um, I, I'll probably look at Blanco, um, unless he just throws up an absolute dud against San Jose. But uh, I don't trust RSL on the road. I know they just did well against Colorado, but that's on Colorado, and it's you know, it's, it's just history, a short trip. It's, it's a rivalry, yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, I might be looking at um, Seattle. Um, you know, I, I proved that I was the better Seattle fan than <laughs> Ashley Savage, who is clearly hashtag plastic. Uh, and her doubting of Ladero. Ladero came through with me, seven points, which is good because she, she made sure to tweet me when Vela came off injured. Um, so I did need some something to kind to of pick down. myself back up. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to be watching this second Miami game to see if that offensive output yeah. against Orlando, uh, because I might be picking some players against them, against Nashville. Um, I'm not sure how to take Nashville. that did Vela defensively against Dallas, but that may be more of Dallas than Nashville, but I don't know how much to take a, you know, a bad defensive performance in Atlanta. So we'll we'll see what they do uh, in this second game. Um, but if all that goes well, I may be picking some Miami players. So that's kind of where my head is right now. Yeah, oh, and hard. Columbus, you know, oh, if, yeah. if Zelleran plays, I'll, I'll bring it in too.
1: Patrick.
3: Um, first pick, same as Mike, Pozuelo. Just got to have Pozuelo. Um, of course, I got PT. Um, looking at Columbus, if Zellerayon plays, I'll put him in. If not, i may maybe looking at Nagby, maybe as a Alderoo kind of thing, because he's got always consistent performance in the midfield. Um, I like Pizarro from Miami. Of course, we'll see what happens in their next game. But against Nashville, I don't think their defense is really that great. I think that was more of a Dallas thing than a Nashville thing. So I'm going with the Joker for them (laughs) in that game. And um, I'm probably looking at an outside pick from Seattle too, since they play late and I can kind of base it off of what goes on just to see with another switcheroo kind of deal. Blaine.
2: Yeah, this week, this week's tough because a lot of your a lot of the guys I'm looking at are road players and that makes it really hard to pick everybody. Um I think playing the first game, you gotta have you gotta stack Cozuelo on the bench if you don't start him. Um gotta have him in there. <sighs> Reed, you asked the question in the chat. I I did. I am a Piotti fan. Um I've got him in my draft league. Cause went went one of the first rounds. Piotti fell later, so I snagged him. He has been fantasy he's been good for me for my draft league he's been getting good points i don't think this is ever a valeri blanco decision i think if you're picking one if you've got the money you're taking Pozuelo without a doubt um i have not seen anything from Piotti and i have him in my draft league i want him to be to beat Pozuelo every week it's just that's not the reality we live in so if you can stash both um if you can grab both that's great I'm looking at two defenders here, a defender and a goalkeeper option in the switcheroo or the keeperoo here. So I just, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get a second one, but yeah, if I could get a second one, if this was a four player week, Piotti would definitely be there. And if you don't want to double up on defense because this is potential goal fest, like it always have, happens to be, I think they had a, what, four three playoff game at one point in recent memory, just even when they're not good, they're these two teams play well against each other. So I can understand that, and Piatti would be my next one up if I wasn't taking two defenders.
1: Um, yeah, Piotti got two goals in the first game against Vancouver, but the answer to this question is clearly is clearly Pazuelo because let's look at this most recent Toronto Vancouver game. Both Piatti and pa- Pazuello both had two shots, two shots on goal, but Pozuelo had five. Um, Corners, yeah. so so it's set pieces. That's going to give the advantage to to Pozzuolo every time, right there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um. So I, and I, I've got a few names that are ready to come in off uh, on my list. Um. Jan Gregoosh is, or Kevin Molino. It's kind of a toss up when you see the lineup and if Molino's going to play. But I don't trust Dallas right now. I know Dallas has got a good defense, but they don't have the rest of the team to hold the ball up and. If you give that Minnesota team that much of the ball, these guys are going to score points. They're going to get you fantasy points. So it, it's really hard for me to navigate against that game. But then it's Minnesota flying to Dallas one day and then going back. So it's that's one of the longest trips I think we're going to see from any team during this kind of phase one. And that, that gives me a little pause. It, in a normal week with the way these teams have been playing – yeah, I would be all-in on Minnesota. Um, Pizarro is really climbing my list, um, what he did in the first game. And, again, I think I don't think Nashville was that good defensively. I think they got fortunate and ran into a not-so-great attack coming at them. Um, and then I, w- I want to see a, a few things that happen. I want to see what happens with Portland against RSL, but Blanco or Valeri is probably coming in this week. I don't think you can you can pass up one of those hosting rsl i just i don't trust rsl's defense and the same with i want to see what lafc does because if they have another kind of a dud game um ladera's almost a must-own at this point like those are the names that i would have in my roster today if i could do it if lafc defense turns it around i'm actually looking more at another road player going with uh for kansas city against Colorado he had a good game against them in the tournament um I think that's one of those where you can kind of bank on him being the premier midfielder if he starts there is some rotation risk here um because Burmese has been playing a lot of the kids a whole lot more but he's got the earlier game and you can always switch back to a Ladero if LASD is yeah, still playing exactly. if I think they're playing good you've got Valerio Blanco behind that game. So you have some options if you don't see Kinda. But he is definitely on my short list as well. So midfield really hinges more on the way the second games go this week, and I'm wanting to see if a few teams turn it on or if they're going to continue to play poorly, and then I'll have to go with it.
1: Yeah, you guys nailed a lot of the, the games I was looking at. Uh, with Columbus, of course, people are talking about looking at, at Zella. uh, Pedro Santos did, did fantastic last year with getting a lot of bonus points and, and just a generation of the that, attack. So
2: that was the name I forgot. I knew. I okay. Was just, yeah, there
1: you go. So that would be a natural pivot you could consider with, with yes. Columbus. Um, but, but yeah, Miami, I think is a great opportunity for a lot of points that you guys mentioned some good value right there. I, I like that Portland game as well. The Seattle game is, is definitely, uh, one that I'm not sure about because it's so late and I hate waiting that long with with waiting for players, especially if I go with a captain from there. But I think your option, Blaine, of uh, Akinda Ladero or Akinda Jao Paulo uh, switcheroo is, is great for players to consider for, for looking at that round. Um, otherwise, yeah, you guys touched touch a lot of, of the good players. This could be a week where you go with three Philly players. Who knows? Who knows? Crazy times. Uh, let's go to forwards. Patrick...
3: Oh, man, this is actually one of the really, really difficult sections this week, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is. No, it really is kind of uh, <laughs> uh, just weirdly a head-scratcher. I
3: mean, your defense and mid's pretty clear-cut. Your forwards, a little iffy. Um, I'm going to steal some of Blaine's thunder, though. I'm going to start straight off with Jossie Zardes.
1: <laughs>
3: I'm not saying I'm becoming a Zardes homer, but... This second week in a row, I've had him in my team, so might be swaying me, Blaine. <laughs> um, depending on what happens, Zubac at four million this week managed to get a goal against LAFC, so he'll see probably a little bit of a price rise, but not much to still be a cheap option, maybe off the bench at forward for the Galaxy and um the other one i'm going back and forth between raul rui diaz depending on of course if lafc can find their feet and be able to play some defense or y'all are going to say homer i know you're going to say homer i don't care Kubo torres
1: (laughs) because
3: (laughs) for the simple fact that he only played 10 minutes in that game saturday okay and if you look at the difference between him and Adam John, Adam John, I think, had like four touches that entire game. He's like basically non existent on the score sheet. But Kubo came in, opened up space, turned the game around. And I think he ended up with, and I forget exactly how many points. It's a lot more than the starter Adam John had through 80 minutes that Kubo had in 10 minutes. So it, it's there as one of my differential picks because that's where i have to go because i'm way behind right now
1: he had four points versus john's two and kubo yeah. logged 10 minutes 10 uh, minutes he had, because taps. he got the assist so three of yep. those points came from his assist so right there all right blaine
2: patrick i'd be with you on kubo uh i've been i've tried to ride the kubo train since the cheapest days and but I can't do it against Orlando's defense. I just I can't do it against Orlando's defense. I know I want to see it first in more time. Uh, garbage time doesn't mean as much to me, especially when they're up two goals. Like that's just that doesn't mean as much. But I, I can't fault you for that pick because that's that is tempting and it's early. And if you're a if you're a two forward type of player, you can easily stack them on your bench, see the score, and then move on if you have to, which makes it really interesting. Um Polito really comes up to the top of my list this week. I look at where the premium guys are playing. Um I I think that's one of those matchups that will will play out nicely. Um the other guy, assuming Bella's is out, is I'm actually really, really tempted to start Rossi and just keep him in there. Uh I'll probably put somebody on the bench and if he gets a good score. I don't have to wait on the last game. But Seattle fans have been joking about Ariega being a, a blunder away from an opponent's goal. And I haven't seen that really change as much with Seattle. I, the rivalry games are always rivalry games. You never know what's going to happen. The Portland score was, was what it was Portland, not scoring, but that's a rivalry game. You put LAFC and without Bella, we talked about the chemistry possibly being better. Um, Rossi running, into Ariega I will take pretty much every time I don't think you can pass that up and then I think I'm going to put the third pick out to the community do I have to have Zardes on my team every week he's playing like I I think the answer is going to be a resounding yes so I'm going to have to say Zardes but I'm actually waffling on Zardes this week because of the way the Cincinnati defense has been playing I don't think the goals are going to come quite as easily this time for Columbus as they did in the tournament. Um, assuming they're without Zeller that's another hit. Um, I I really do like uh, Pedro Santos as a like-for-like sub for Zeller I don't think the team loses a whole lot with that. But at the same time, I think the way Cincinnati plays, I don't know that Santos, or, yeah, that Santos can unlock him quite like Zeller can. And without Zeller it makes me it makes me hesitate on Zardes this week a lot. I'm I'm still gonna have him in my team. I mean, I can't not have him at this point. But I am waffling a little bit on that one just because of the way Cincinnati has played and knows Zeller
0: Island. Mike. Ye of little faith. <laughs> abandoning him at the first side of, of trouble. And the first one of trouble to you is Cincinnati. Good Lord. How little do you think of Jossie Zardes? Good Lord. um, I, I do like Jossie Zardes this week. I know Cincinnati's defense has been um, tougher, but I mean, we're kind of, we kind of hinted at it. Ford pool seems really tough this year. There's not a whole lot of consistent players and Jossie has been. Um, and so, even with Cincinnati being good, I, 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 still see some, some potential there. Um, I'm, I'm also interested in Rui Diaz. I want to see what the second game is. Um, if if Rui Diaz can get on a hot streak, we know he can, they can do well. And you with know, if, if Jordan Morris and Ladero, if, if, if that trio is cooking, um, Seattle can get some goals and LAFC for as good as they've been offensively both in the tournament and out they have been giving up a lot of goals. So I do see that as a potential um, area for success for uh, Rudez. And then from the third pick, I don't know how you can't go with Obobese. I know he didn't have a great game against Seattle, but at that price he's pretty much an easy put on the bench and and swap in uh, and kind of see what happens. Um, Now maybe some other players I'm looking at, Carranza for Miami to see if, if that train goes well in their second game. Yep. uh I'll be looking at, at that um I, I do i do kind of like the the kubo pick um but uh, maybe a TFC forward um if I can kind of get a handle and let that yeah. lineup. I don't no, know that's... if josie will play uh, but, you know we talked about maybe being skeptical of Tfc's defense in that game because of how crazy that darby's n- normally been um I, I could certainly see josie or acanola if he's healthy Oh, I don't think we mentioned Akinola did miss both of the games for TFC this week. So we're not yeah. sure what his status is, but um, I, I, I could see Josie Altidore doing very well in that game as well.
1: Yeah. You guys have nailed most of them. I, I really like Zardas and, and Rudy Diaz myself this week, uh, third picks definitely um, a head scratcher. I love looking at Miami. That could be a, a great value right there. see We've got one more game this week, this round. For him as well against San Jose. So we can check again and see if that helps people uh, feel confident. But, I don't know. Another one. We have another game. uh, Or maybe this is against San Jose. Whoever's playing San Jose. Um, No, dang it. It's LA is playing San Jose in round four. That's where I keep getting confused. Someone. Anyway, Pavone. That's what I'm getting at here, folks. Um, Pavone without Chicharito is a forward, did well in this first LA game. Want to see how he does the second game of round three. Could be an option in round four. Just a couple of names that haven't been mentioned. Otherwise, you guys have covered a lot of it very well. Let's get your early captain picks before we wrap this thing up. Blaine.
2: Oh, way too early to call. Fair. On captain picks. Um, If I was pressed to do it today, it'd probably be Pozuelo. And I wouldn't have him on. I wouldn't have him on a bench roll, which I'm planning on not anyway. Um, Pazuelo, uh The other guy. The other two. If I was. If it wasn't Pazuelo, which I want to see the lineup. Um, I'm kind of torn between uh, Pizarro and Toledo, which I'm shocked. Nobody gave Toledo more love in the forward section. I think I was the only one to mention him. I just. We're we're talking about it being a. Because he gets lead. two
1: points right now, Blaine. Two points.
2: Yeah, but every, but that's the first game he's had with two I know, points. right now two points. Every other game has been outstanding. Even your best boards, like Bella, get a single point. Every he's got two
1: points right now, Blaine. And I'm not going to use him next week.
2: <laughs> but no, um, Polito and Pizarro are both of the are two other names that are on my list, and that's three road guys that I'm looking at as captain picks. But I think your your home options are more about. Are more about defense this week. Um, depending on what Rui Diaz and Ladero do in the second game, um, if Rui Diaz has finally turned it on and found his fire, he's going to be a hard one to bet against. Um, I know I joked about him all through the tournament that he was non existent and barely found anything. But if he's going to start putting up goals and assists like he did in this first game back, um, he's got to be on the radar as a potential captain pick.
1: Mike.
0: Um, I, this is kind of a tough week for me. Um, I, I kind of attempted to do Pity Martinez with Atlanta's history against Orlando, uh, but I, I don't know if that I can pass up Pozzuolo. Um, TFC has just, just been, looked really, really good in, in all of their games. He's generated tons of chances um, and Pozuelo has been involved. So as long as he plays, I think that's where my captain is going.
3: Patrick. Uh, If I was forced right now, I would do Pozuelo. Like it was said earlier with this matchup, it could be everybody gets a freaking hat trick. And -hmm. if everybody's getting a hat trick, I'm betting Pozuelo's going (laughs) to be getting his own hat trick and probably assisting three more hat tricks. So it's Pozuelo. Next down the line would be Petey and probably Pizarro. I just don't trust the forwards enough yet this season to put a captain on another forward. Thanks fella.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that, uh, possibly has to be the front runner for, for me, for sure. It's going to be a midfielder in, in round four. Like the, the forwards are just so weird. And some of the names who I might want to look at if it's a Seattle, if it's an LA player somebody like that are so late that it, it just worries me. And, uh, I mean, maybe you can say the same thing about having the first game come out, but, yeah Toronto Montreal is always bananas uh, which of course this week it'll be 0 but um that's because I, MLS yes right because MLS ex- exactly uh but it just it's just so much that goes on at the end of the, of the week that just gives so much pressure that those things just freak me out and maybe that's a failing of my own but I think it's got to be a, a midfielder this week all right everyone thank you so much uh ran a little long again this week uh more to break down with this massive round three than than i expected so hope you got some good information to be able to bridge the gap into round four since we will not have another mini podcast or anything before that starts guys any final plugs blaine
2: um no real plugs for me um just for the community do i have to have Zardev in my team every week Yes. I'm assuming the answer is just going to be yes That's from right. here on if, out, if, but I want to hear it mm. from the community. If the community says no, then I won't do it. But I feel like
0: I have to. I, mean, you, I feel like you have to have him captain every week.
1: I mean, if you want to earn a jersey by the end of the year, I mean, you have to have Zars. I think for sure. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, yes. any any plugs?
3: Uh, no, nothing for me. All right, Mike
0: uh nothing for me uh, if you see any energy news i'll be happy to pass along um <laughs> if, if there's any of the, if that thing still exists anymore that'll be fantastic
1: <laughs> uh, of course for me as always mlsfancyboss.com trey is still writing his captain pick articles i forgot to plug it last week just because it was because mls and we're back and it slipped my mind but trey's still doing his captain pick articles there we have the podcast that comes there if you want to catch it again easily Uh, also the discord chat awesome group of guys right there working on getting a couple of them on the show before we end for this season Uh, so be sure to check that out r slash fantasy mls the subreddit Uh, we have the questions thread gets posted there we have rate my team threads that get posted there get posted there news bits and items get posted there for breaking lineups and things so check that out as well and of course patreon uh, if you want to help support this podcast like patrick does you can be on the show sometimes and uh, also you'll get some swag i haven't sent the swag out yet even though i said i would and i say this multiple times but i got a couple of messages yes like the lovely glass being modeled Uh, i got a couple of messages from people saying that they had canceled their subscriptions when we were on the sort of hiatus and that they were resubbing so i wanted to give people time to get back into the system so i had you on my spreadsheet so i could send stuff so Uh, I'm going to send that stuff out soon because you should be back by now. Come on. It's almost round four. Uh, So that's all that I have. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us. Again, I hope this advice was helpful in getting your mind in the right direction for your picks. And as always, good luck.